Caffeine Nights Books. Espresso shots. Bite-sized content from the world of books for people on the go. News, reviews, interviews. Hello and welcome to the second Espresso Shots podcast from Caffeine Nights. Today we have a two-minute interview with husband and wife crime writing novelist R.C. Bridgestock, authors of the best-selling The I. Dillon series. We also have author Pete Haynes. Pete was drummer with the legendary punk band The Lurkers and has written a number of novels and stage plays. Pete will be giving a one-minute review of his favourite book, Off Mice and Men, by John Steinbeck. We are giving Michael Fowler, author of the dark and gritty but realistically authentic police procedural novels featuring D.S. Hunter Kerr, 45 seconds to describe his latest novel, Secrets of the Dead. We also have a Twitter review from Gary Bushell of George Orwell's 1984. Don't forget, we want your Twitter reviews, so send any you have to info at caffeinenights.com and we will use the best ones in a future podcast. We also have Keith Nixon reading from his pulp black crime comedy, The Fix, in chapter and verse. Plus, we have all the latest news and reviews. So, on with the show. Coming up, two-minute interview. Today's two-minute interview is with R.C. Bridgestock, authors of the best-selling books featuring D.I. Dillon. I'm Carol. I'm Bob, and together we are R.C. Bridgestock. Bridgestock. You write as husband and wife. How does that work, and does it cause arguments? Never. We have our own rules in our writing process. Let's face it, I have the final say. He thinks he does, but I type it up. (laughs) (laughs) Book number five is coming out in May. It's called Reprobates. What is it that you think makes the Dylan books so enduring? We both work for the same police force and have 47 years' experience between us, so we write just how it is. As the reader, you are on Detective Inspector Jack Dylan's shoulder as he solves the murder, but D.I. Dylan is also an husband, a father, and so you get the family saga too. You like to include local people and people you meet as characters in your novels. Do people like being victims, villains or heroes? All three. Most people like to be portrayed as a character that they always aspire to be. We have a 90-year-old lady, an avid crime reader, who has always wanted to be a detective. We have a doctor who wants to be a pathologist. A filmmaker who wants to be a crime scene investigator, for example. It has enabled us to raise £1,500 for charity by auctioning the chance to be a character in Reprobates. My hairdresser wanted to be a character named as the victim in Snow Kills. You're writing for television now. What has been the biggest thrill so far? We're storyline advisors and police procedure for BAFTA winning scriptwriter Sally Wainwright on a new BBC One police drama for 2014 called Happy Valley. It stars the likes of Sarah Lancashire from Last Tango in Halifax, Joe Armstrong from Robin Hood, Steve Pemberton from Whitechapel, Siobhan Finnehan from Downton Abbey and Charlie Murphy from The Village. We're also working with Amelia Bulmore and Sally as consultants on Scott and Bailey Series 4. We have to pinch ourselves when we sit opposite these amazingly talented people that we normally just see on TV. And to hear them bring the words to life is just absolutely amazing. Thank you, Bob and Carol. Deadly focus, consequences, 
White Lilies and Snow Kills are available in paperback and ebook formats from all good online and high street stores. Reprobates will be published by Cafe Nights Publishing in May 2014. <laughs> American writer George Saunders has won the inaugural Folio Prize for his darkly playful short story collection, 10th of December. The new prize, open to English language writers from around the world, preempts the Man Booker Prize, which this year expands to a global level. Saunders picked up his £40,000 cheque at Ceremony in central London at the beginning of March. There has been some criticism that the £40,000 prize was not won by a British entry, prompting the question as to whether British fiction was in crisis. At Caffeine Nights, we can categorically state that it isn't and that we never entered the prize either. Coming up, one minute review later. Your book in 45. Our one minute review today is from Pete Haynes, reviewing Off Mice and Men. One of my favourite books is Mice and Men. For me, it, uh, it was quite sort of influential in me wanting to write. And I just love the style, uh, John Steinbeck's uh, flat, easy reading style. But uh, over the years, I've realised how well crafted his writing skills are. It's a story about two men, two disabled men, who are caught up in a situation called depression in America, a situation created by the banks, politicians and businessmen all working together. But it's how these uh, corporate acts impact upon an ordinary person. And then, as is the case in a lot of American literature, it's the view of the small person which can give us uh, a clearer picture of what's really going on. Lenny and George are uh, basically homeless and they're looking for work and they're vulnerable. And throughout this, George has to protect his friend Lenny, who is more vulnerable than him. Uh, it's a cruel book of uh, how humans treat each other, from the smallest interactions uh, amongst labourers to the impersonal relationships between a corporation and an individual. Off My Men by John Steinbeck is a Penguin Classic, ISBN 9780141023. Five seven one, and it's available as a paperback and Kindle edition from all good bookstores. Your book in forty-five. Today we have author of the DS Hunter Kerr series, Michael Fowler, talking about his latest novel, Secrets of the Dead. I need to tell you about the murder of Lucy Blake Hall. I know who killed her. Those were the last words uttered by retired detective Geoffrey Howson in a chilling late-night phone call to Barnwell's major investigation team's civilian investigator, Barry Newstead. The next day, he was found brutally murdered. And so begins not only an investigation into his slaying, but the opening of a cold case review into the murder of 22-year-old Lucy Bake Hall, who vanished without trace on August Bank Holiday 1983 and whose body has never been found. Yet a man has already admitted to killing her and is currently serving a life sentence. Is he innocent? From the outset of the inquiry, DS Hunter Kerr and his team uncover a 25-year-old hidden secret. Once revealed, it sets in motion a dramatic chain of events. Someone is going to horrific lengths to keep the truth hidden and no one is safe. 
Secrets of the Dead by Michael Fowler is available in paperback ISBN 9781-907-565-588 and in ebook from all good online stores and all good high street stores published by Caffeine Nights Publishing. Chapter and Verse It's time to settle down with a cup of coffee and listen to Keith Nixon reading from The Fix in Chapter and Verse. Author's Note The events depicted in this novel won't be found in any official record, no matter how hard you search. Journalists, conspiracy theorists, the police and various other crackpot organisations have all tried and failed. The crash of 2007 was like a house of cards tumbling one taking down another. But it wasn't started by UBS, not really. That's just what the pundits think, but they know nothing. Mine was the ace that, when drawn, started the banking collapse and financial difficulties the world has experienced for the last four years and counting. It wasn't a big card. In fact, it's one you'll have never heard of because of the cover-up. But sometimes, that's all it takes. The lightest of touches, the faintest of breaths to bring everything down. And as usual, it all comes down to money. Prologue. Stone cold, almost. I'm fucked. Unfortunately, not in a sexual sense, as even though I lie prostrate, breathing heavily after an eruption of passion, it's not the blast of endorphins following an orgasm that courses through my veins. No. Life is miserably not that good to me. Never has been, never fucking will be. If I actually had the lack of good sense to believe in a god, I would now know he's a bastard who deliberately makes mere existence bloody complicated for the average you and me. A few months ago I'd had it all. A faithless girlfriend, shit job, asshole boss and a career founded on lies. In other words, material possessions and emotional wealth, perfectly fucking meaningless and of absolutely no use to me in my darkest hour. Even then when I thought I believed life was adequate, I was already habitually and unconsciously perpetrating brainless errors. Conspiring with a cadaver is the final combination of all those months of fuck-ups. If you believe in fate, this is it. When I broke in minutes ago, I was ready to kill my ex-boss, but, and it's a big but, somebody got to him first. The guy I loathe more than anyone else in the world stares at me with wide blank eyes I no longer want to spit in. It would be pointless really because he's stone dead, primarily because of a bloody great hole in the side of his head. So I'm lying on my back with an exclusive view of an ornate ceiling. There's a stench of sweat, blood, cordite and fear. I'm breathing heavily. My heart is pounding. The room is dim, just a single lamp in the corner of the large room which stretches the shadows as if someone has pulled hard on one corner of the blackness. For a long moment I consider staying with the body, just rotting with it. Nobody would miss either of us because nobody cares. Then something persistently and annoyingly resilient nags at me, telling me to move. But I'm fucked. My synapses refuse to even glimmer, never mind combust. My mouth is dry, my body heavy, muscles atrophied and useless. My head is pounding as alcohol poisoning kicks in. But like rubbing sticks together, eventually there's a little tinge of mental smoke as my mind catches slightly. I take my chance now. Before the glow fades, I sit up but my little world spins and I have to go horizontal again until everything stabilises. I try a second time, rolling onto my front like an asphyxiating fish 
on an angler's boat, making a vaguely spirited attempt to escape from certain death. My head starts banging even harder with the exertion. Deep breaths, then slowly I ascend onto my hands and knees to crawl a few feet, like an arthritic gerbil of perilously old age. The tangy metallic aroma of the blood is stronger next to the corpse. My gorge rises. I can taste stale beer and dry roasted peanuts, but I fight it back down. I assume the cops will be able to DNA profile vomit, and I really don't want to see those nuts again. They weren't that tasty the first time round, but the beer wasn't that bad. I slump back onto my haunches and study my deceased ex-boss. I'm no expert, but suicide looks the most likely cause of his thoroughly deserved exit to the bank vault in the sky. There's a clutter of brain matter, which really is grey, and blood spattered all over the back of the leather wing-back chair in which his corpse reclines. The stain darkens even as I stare in sickened fascination. His face is as vacant and as vacuous as it was when he was breathing, but Hershey's eyes seem to look into mine with an abnormal intensity, like it's my fault he's dead. I wish it fucking was, but I'm pretty certain his demise ultimately has nothing to do with me. Like my also late departed sex life, something is missing. But what? Then it hits my alcohol-soaked prune of a brain. Where's the gun? I'm pretty certain a firearm is considered essential to repel a bullet into someone's brain. I look several times. There's nothing in his hand. The grand wingback has ornate legs that raise the base clear off the floor, so it's easy to see there isn't a weapon or it there or anywhere nearby. I'm way out of my depth here. I need some help and bloody pronto. I scrabble to pull my phone out of my pocket, my hands shaking. I pause with a finger poised over the keypad, the screen bright. Was that a noise from within the flat? I listen hard, but all I can hear is the thump-thump of my feathering heart. The light on my phone goes out, the room dims again. I still need help. Automatically, my finger moves to C, speed dial for Claire. R score of three, as I'll explain later. My trouser snake stirs with a memory of her, but then a cogent thought pokes through that's not my cock. I remember I'm supposed to hate her, because she fucked someone who wasn't me. Anyway, I deleted all her details from my phone, and these days, who bothers to memorise numbers? Certainly not me. I have a brief twinge of regret, which I just as quickly squash like a fly. Then a memory bubbles to the surface. The cops can triangulate phone positions, so I quickly dismantle my mobile separating battery from handset. Time to get out of here. My mind urges me to move, push up onto my feet, slight wobble, stabilise on thighs that ache from squatting for too long, then lurch across the room without a backward glance, along the corridor and past the locked rooms. I realise the plush carpet deadens my footfalls, hysterical giggle at the world's word association. Down the stairs one at a time, lean on a wall for support, turn left through the front door. Out of the house, and the relative cold hits me. It was so warm inside. Deep breath. Here I am, back to the beginning of the end of my sad tale, with a semi-erection I really shouldn't have, and a hangover, and blood on my hands. I'd like to say it was a pity someone had to die, but I'd be lying. It's only Hershey after all. The Fix by Keith Nixon is available in paperback from £8.99, an e-book from £1.50, published by Caffeine Nights Publishing, ISBN 9781-907-565-410. News Shot. We 
with news that eBooks by Sainsbury's has launched an online eBook club following the success of the supermarket's in-store book club, and US publishing startup Plimpton is launching an app with a focus on serialized fiction, it's clear that the way readers are consuming their books is changing. Plimpton's app, Rooster, curates suggestions for books to read and then pushes the books out to users in timed installments. In essence, it functions like a book club for busy people. Rooster is currently available by invite only, and the app costs $4.99 a month. As with other recent ebook apps like Oyster, Rooster users do not technically own the books they read. Instead, they have access to books in the app for as long as they maintain a membership. Sainsbury's ebook club will offer members a new fiction ebook every two weeks at an exclusive discount, as well as monthly children's and cookery ebooks and lower prices. The supermarket is also enticing more of its core grocery customers to use the online ebook website by offering incentives on its reward-based Nexacoin card system. Much like our Espresso Shots podcast, we realise that readers are time-pressed and it seems consuming books is one of the many factors changing in the world of books. from the front line. This is a review for Broken Dreams by Nick Quantrill from Andrew Reed Wildman, left on Amazon.co.uk. Andrew Reed Wildman, and I'm reviewing Nick's book, Broken Dreams. Um, I read this book a month ago. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, kept my interest from the beginning right through to the end. Very evocative, um, good sense of space, good sense of location, suspenseful, um, very believable character, enjoyable characters. Um, I definitely recommend it, and I'm going to give it five out of five. Okay, thanks. Now that's a thumbs up. This week's Twitter review comes from crime novelist and TV pundit Gary Bushell. Orwell's 1984, a classic saga of deceit, double-think and state oppression, now reads less like fiction and more like a vivid premonition. Don't forget, you can take part in our Twitter review by sending us your Twitter, or you can record one as a WAV file or an MP3 file or any other format and send that as an attachment to info at caffeinenights.com. George Orwell's 1984 is published by Penguin, ISBN 978 036144 and is available from all good bookstores and online. Sleepless Saturday. Get some free ebooks and bargains every Saturday in our Caffeine Nights Books app. Download our free app for Apple and Android. Over 30,000 great crime and horror titles from your favorite authors. Subscribe to our newsletter or download our free app at caffeine-nights.com. Well, that wraps up another Caffeine Nights Espresso Shots. We'll be back soon with more news, reviews and interviews, so keep your eye out for the next podcast from Caffeine Nights Books and Caffeine Nights Publishing. Thanks for listening. 
enjoy your books, and stay lucky. This podcast was brought to you by Cafe Nights Publishing and Cafe Nights Books app with help from our friends at freesfx.co.uk.